1: It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It's it side. ain't the left side. Thank
0: you, Solidy. Welcome side. to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, check out our merchandise store, too, onthefinside.threadless.com. Paul, the Dolphins come away with a 13-6 to victory over the Jets. Not the most exciting of games. The field was absolutely destroyed beforehand thanks to the Miami Hurricanes. But the Dolphins do get back into the win column with a great defensive performance, only allowed six points, four interceptions, four sacks. But I hope you weren't uh, operating any heavy machinery while watching this game.
1: No, you're not kidding. I mean, it's I. I know we've dinged Adam Gase for the play calling a lot this year, last year, whatever. But I, I honestly can't ding him for the play calling in this one. I think everybody finally got to see what, what I've been saying for weeks, which is that sidearm Sasquatch is is just absolutely terrible. What what plays can you call for that man? I mean, it, it's you know he he attempted I think three or four deep balls in this game and wasn't anywhere within 15 yards of a receiver on on any of them it's disturbing and it lets the defense play way the hell up. No discredit to the Jets defense. They're okay. They've got some good players, but when you really only have to defend four yards of the field beyond the line of scrimmage, it's pretty much a, a given that, you know, a couple of pop Warner kids could probably play an effective defense against that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I didn't have a huge problem with the play calling. There were a few things here and there, but when you look at Brock Osweiler as your quarterback, Frank Gore is your running back getting 20 carries a game, which we'll get into later, and Danny Amendola is your leading receiver, then, you know, I think to blame or to point the finger over a play call in a third and two, you know, I, I think you're barking up the I think we'd be barking up the wrong tree if we made a big deal about that. Play calling's not great. I wish they got Kenny and Drake more involved, but we've got bigger fish to fry. No pun intended. Rashad, hey, Jones.
1: Uh, re, re, re real quick before we get to the next thing. I mean, how funny is it that Brock Osweiler is 6 foot 14 and he releases the ball at at a height that would hit Joaquin Grant in the forehead? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there
0: <laughs> Osweiler is it, it, it almost like he underchucks the ball downfield on the <laughs>
1: he's so bad <laughs>
0: he, is, he is pretty bad he's pretty bad but I'll tell you what he won this duel here because he did not turn the ball over <laughs> he he has a shocking 15 for 24 for 139 yards no touchdowns no interceptions the dolphins sit back and watch their defense win but before we get into that Paul the big news is Rashad Jones who by all accounts took himself out of the game after he was dissatisfied with the dolphins coaching staff word coming out now is that Adam gaze is really as it appears is siding with Rashad Jones here in his communication and uh, or lack of communication with Matt Burke. What did you make of this whole situation?
1: I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm I'm going to let this one out of the out of the bag real quick here. I, I'm, while I don't agree with Rashad Jones removing himself from the game here, I'm, I'm just going to get that out of the way. I'm still siding with Rashad Jones. It's I didn't buy into all this false narrative that a lot of media folk were throwing out there when they don't have a lot of information. They throw a whole lot of crap at the wall and see what sticks. So, yeah, they threw a whole bunch of not-a-team player, nobody wants him in Miami now, blah, 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 blah. His locker was empty. He didn't talk to the media after. You know what? Good thing he didn't talk to the media after. That's the right move to do. It was the first right move in a series of right moves. Taking yourself out of the game, yes, that's a wrong move. But leave it to Matt Burke to finally find a way to get Minka more involved and still screw it up. I mean... (sighs) Is there anybody that doesn't believe Matt Burke found a way to screw up doing the right thing here? It's just, yeah, if if he, he was taking Rashad Jones off the field as part of a rotation to get Minka Fitzpatrick more on the field while leaving T.J. McDonald on the field, I don't care T.J. had an interception here. Sam Darnold's a terrible quarterback. T.J. makes more mistakes than great plays. Like the guy, he's a rotational player. Rotate him with Minka Fitzpatrick all day. But then you've got two all-pros in your secondary – and you're going to start rotating either of them out to get Minka on the field, I'd be a little mystified and pissed, too.
0: Yeah, you and I are definitely not going to have the same agree opinion on this. First, (laughs) I'm not siding with Matt Burke. I don't side with Matt Burke on anything. And I'm sure that he found some way to screw the whole situation up, communication or not. But one thing you know about me with any of this, and I was the same way with Ricky Williams, I was the same way with Lawrence Timmons. I was definitely the same way with Jonathan Martin. If you remove yourself from a game, if you quit on your team, and I think that's what Rashad Jones did. Anybody can romanticize it any way that they want, but if he chose in the middle of the game to say, you know what? I'm not playing anymore. Then you can F off. That's how I feel about Rashad Jones right now. And I hope I hear something that changes my opinion of him. But my opinion did not change in the other three guys. Most recently, Lawrence Timmons. I was disgusted that Lawrence Timmons was allowed back in the Miami Dolphins locker room. I don't think that same thing's going to happen to Jones. There, he's still a great, you know, I, I say he might be a great player. I've also got to say myself, I've always thought he was a horrifically overrated football player. He's a feast or famine, strong safety. And I think for every big play that he lets up, or excuse me, big play that he makes, he lets up three more. So I don't think he's worth the money, and I'm really, really not pleased with him if in any way he took a step back.
1: See, for me here, uh, this feels different than Lawrence Timmons just disappearing. This feels different than Jonathan Martin losing his starting job and and saying, oh, uh, I must have been bullied because I lost my starting job. Uh, this is different than all of that, because if you watch back, anytime you see Rashad on the sidelines, he's going around pumping up players still. He was out there cheering for the team. It, it feels like there's more that's going to come out in the wash here. It, it doesn't feel like, you know, it, it doesn't even feel like we should be using the big Q word. He didn't go to the locker room and take his shit off in the first quarter. He didn't he stayed down there and cheered on his teammates. That's not a quit to me. It it's there's more to it. We may not even hear all of it, but he was still out there cheering on his teammates and and trying to pump guys up for a win and that doesn't feel like a quit to me. I think there's more to it. I think the media put the word quit out there. I think there's a lot more to it, and you know maybe there was a miscommunication and Matt Burke thought Jones took himself out, but (sighs) I think there's a lot more to the story that may or may not come out in the wash, but I don't feel like he actually quit.
0: Well, let's uh, get on to the game here because it was a fantastic defensive performance by the Dolphins, and good for them getting back here. And I saw a lot of things in the defense schematically I like, too. I saw cornerback blitzing a little bit more. Uh, and I saw I saw the linebackers not staring off into space or not all too close together. They were spread out more. They uh, Jerome Baker, his interception return for touchdown that really made the difference of the game is, by all reports, a play that had not been called before on defense. So I'm glad that they got in there and they started making some changes with the longer week after losing to the Texans. So let's go but down here position by position, starting out a quarterback. First play of the game from scrimmage, 26-yard pass, Brock Osweiler, Osweiler to Danny Amendola. Then after that, 113 yards passing the rest of the game. So, yeah, I think they played it safe on this one. And if there was a game that they were going to be very conservative, I'm glad it was this one because it really did pay off. Because in on that field, with a quarterback like Osweiler, one mistake could make the big difference in the game. He did overthrow Danny Amendola early in the first quarter, which would have been a surefire touchdown. It seems like Osweiler is missing one of those long passes every single week. He he gets a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he was very conservative, didn't turn the ball over. And that made the difference against Sam Darnold. But not a whole heck of a lot to like here either. So I'm going to go with a C- for Brock Osweiler in the quarterback spot.
1: I'm throwing down a D for Osweiler. I mean, I know he missed the uh, Danny Amadola one early. He drastically overthrew a Mike Gosicki one later on, and then there was another one in the mix. I can't remember who it was, too. I mean, he pretty much left at least three touchdowns on the field, and then you look at the number of times he hit a Jets defender in the face mask behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, just with a stupid release point, missed wide receivers. I mean, I, I'm I'm... Astounded that he's only missed nine passes in this one. The number of times he threw the ball away yet again on third down for no reason whatsoever. I mean, it's – yeah, you can't take too many chances, but throwing the ball into the stands on third down pisses me off. It pisses me off. It's such a lack of effort thing. And then you look at a couple of the sacks that he took. It literally reminded me of Jay Cutler last year where it's like the guy was coming in, didn't really have him, and he just kind of went, "Eh," and tucked it and fell. You know, it's just there was a lot not to like here. Easily a D from the quarterback position. Everything he does completely minimizes what we're able to do in the running game, which I know we're going to get to next.
0: Yeah, it's hard to believe that, you know, at at the end of the game, the Dolphins have three picks, which eventually became four, and the Jets have the ball with a chance to tie. And I'm with you on the third, throwing the ball away on third down. I mean, Especially, and it's not just that it's third down either. It's third down at like midfield. So, what are you so afraid of? If you throw the ball deep and he gets mm-hmm. picked off, it's a punt. So, yeah, I'm totally with you there. I'll stick with my C minus, but it probably would have been a D or, or worse if they had not won this game, too. You know what? Make mine a back, D minus,
1: too. Let's, D- let's oh, so so now
0: we're down to a D minus. Got it? I'm,
1: yeah, sure we keep talking about it. That. It's going to be lower. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go with the running back here. So I, I know you were as disgusted as I was here, and I, I hate saying it because I love Frank Gore. I mean, who, who, he moved to sixth in yards from scrimmage in the history of the game here, and, and he's probably going to be top five by the time the season's over, or early next year if he comes back. And he's a tough guy, and he made some good cuts early in the game to get to turn just two yards into five or six, but. He ended the game, what, 20 carries, 53 yards. For Kenyon Drake, inexplicably, three carries for nine yards. And what what pisses me off the most about this, too, is that Drake, this is the exact game you want Kenyon Drake and Jakeem Grant in there when the field is a mess because you don't have to put the ball in the air or take a lot of risks, but you can still have that element of a big play. I saw a lot mm-hmm. of carries – from Frank Gore that made me think oh man if Kenyon Drake had got that he could have busted that seam there so makes doesn't make a lot of sense to me 2.4 yards a carry from these two guys and so you know it's I, nothing good on offense really i'm i'm going to give him a c minus
1: yeah can we say that this running back 1a and 1b thing is is an absolute joke i think at this point uh Kaelen Bellage and, and Kenyon and Drake are 2a and 2b the way that they're being utilized at this point behind Frank Gore, who apparently managed to sign a contract that gets Adam Gase a boost if he passes anybody in NFL history throughout the season. So hopefully now that he passed Barry Sanders, we can start seeing him split the carries up a little bit better. Or you don't even have to take Frank Gore out to get Kenyon Drake involved. That's the goofy-ass thing here. You can move Drake around the field like they do with a couple of guys around the league, like like Amara and, you know, like – it's just, oh, it's so disgusting to me. And, and, you know, I like Frank Gore, and this is not to take away from him, but when you're in a mucky crap fest out there with a quarterback that can't throw it more than four yards, like you alluded to, hit Kenyon Drake anyway. See what he can do with the ball. You know, get him in space on a field that's going to make defenders fall and miss. So yeah, yep. no, it's 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 a C here, and that's not to take away from Frank Gore, but it's more to take away from the fact that you know yet again, Drake's splitting carries with Kalen Balazs when you know Frankie needs a water break.
0: And I swear to God, if I see Kalen Balazs out there in the Wildcat again, I'm going to be very upset.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't mean, even be He, he did have that. like
0: a ten yard run. It was called back on a Ted Larson hold, but. It was good to see Belage out there. Caught two passes, had another rush, one that was called back. So at least they're getting, starting to get him in a little bit more. But and Kenyon Drake did catch four passes, and those turned out to be pretty big catches, even though they didn't go for a lot of yards. So please get the get get this guy the ball more. There's so many different things you can do with this guy as a receiver. And like you said, I'd love to see some looks where Gore and Drake are out there. I'm going to kick it back to you, Paul, for the uh, receivers and tight ends.
1: Boy, these guys really didn't have a chance in this game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's to say? I mean, they, they caught the stuff they should have, um, but but there really wasn't much opportunity for these guys. I can't even get mad at Mike Kosicki, which pisses me off because he didn't really get many opportunities. Yeah, he got jammed up down the field a little bit on the one deep attempt to him, but really it, it's they did a good job blocking from the tight end position. And the receivers did what was asked of them. I've got to give them a C, but it's really just, it's more like an incomplete at this point. I mean, as long as Adam Gazos Brock Wasweiler money or he's being blackmailed by his grandma, it's, they're going to be underutilized here. And like you said, the one thing I hate is the fact that Grant is not used more. It's you watch what he was able to do on that field on a couple of punt returns where he made guys look stupid after he got the ball in his hands. And, there he is making Adam Gase look stupid for not using him.
0: Yeah, he was targeted twice. I mean, and one of those was on a third and 13. That turned out to be a huge play, uh, a huge play in this game, this type of game. That made the game a commanding three to nothing lead. So, yeah, you need to not only – Jakeem Grant should at least get one or two handoffs every game too. Because if, if he does that end around – and you at least fake the ball to, him, man, that's something you really got to account for, you know, because if he gets around yeah. that edge, he could be gone. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. A lot of it is just incomplete. I mean, Danny Amendola got deep early in the game. He should have had, you know, 90 yards receiving in the first quarter and it could have been a completely different game. Osweiler missed him by, by six States. And then Devonte Parker, you know, one catch for eight yards and he had a huge drop in this too. He was wide open, for what very easily could have been a 20-yard catch and dropped it. Dolphins have to punt a few plays later and 3 nothing lead stays instead of them driving and getting the ball past midfield. Kenny Stills was clearly still hobbled, but he did have a big catch for 19 yards. Unfortunately, that was his only catch. And Mike Gasicki or Isaki or I don't know, zero catches, zero yards. But that, again, not a lot of vertical routes that, that we're looking for there. So I'm going to go ahead and give them a C-. minus offensive line quite an interesting day there so first of all here poor zach stirrup i mean we <laughs> thought it couldn't get worse from sam young well l- i'll give you let me give you a stat zach stirrup played 12 offensive snaps and pass protection in this football game 12 allowed three sacks juan james 305 snaps and pass protection this year allowed three sacks So this is why I pound on the table for Juwan James to get re-signed every week on this show, very simply because it's not so much James is a great player, it's these are your options. Zach Stirrup, Sam Young, they ruin football games. On the other side, uh, Laramie Tunzel continues to be in the middle of a fantastic season, but along the interior of the line, too, Ted Larson absolutely needs to go. At center, uh, Travis Swanson missed a lot of blocks. Leonard Williams handled him pretty well. Jesse Davis did okay. But overall, Stirrup really drags this this down. The Dolphins allow four sacks in the game. Thank God for Laramie Tunzel. But not a very good, impress- very impressive game. I'm going to go with a D-plus for the line.
1: I'm going to go with a C here. And, and yes, Stirrup was just hot crap. I mean, he was part of the reason why you know Miami was in the mix for low scoring offense here we'll go with Uh, but the rest of the guys did okay they didn't do great they didn't really open a lot of holes but really the Jets do have a good front seven here I mean it it, we're not talking about a team with a bad front seven the Jets problems are not on that portion of, of of the football field everywhere else but not there so and given the fact that I kind of attribute some of these sacks to Brock Osweiler and his v- field vision that's about as good as his range on his passes. <laughs> I- I'm gonna give these guys a C. I don't think they played great, but I don't think they play they were really the reason for anything that went wrong in this one. I mean truly I, I just I don't ding Gase for the play calling, I Gase for not taking a chance with a David Fails until Tannehill's healthy again. or
0: uh, I ding you know. Adam Gase for not having somebody to chip or to help out with Zach Stirrup when he clearly was overmatched. I mean, it's not like he got beat by Khalil Mack or J.J. Watt out there. I mean, he was getting beat by Jordan Jenkins, a, a linebacker who has no pass rush ability whatsoever. So,
1: well, he's overmatched against NFL players. I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. We said that in the preseason even when we predicted he'd make the roster. He's one of those Frankenstein guys that looks the part but can't play it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And the left guard, I don't know, Paul, one time it's going to happen. We're going to turn on the TV, and Jake Brendel's going to be running out there, number 64, taking Ted Larson's spot. We can only hope at this point.
1: I'll take Brendel at just about any position that doesn't use the word tackle on offense.
0: I take him a quarterback right now too. So uh, let's oh. move on to the defensive side of the ball. So great day here, great comeback game. If only the Dolphins' defensive line can, could play the Jets' offensive line every game. This is the second time in a row now where they absolutely dominated. Four sacks. They did much better against the run. Cameron Wake, you know, I, I at first glance last week against the Texans, I gave him a bad grade. I rewatched that game. I thought he, I missed a lot. So this is the second game in a row, maybe even third game, where Cameron Wake has played really, really well in in coming off the edge. He did have two sacks here. Could have been more. I still don't know what this guy needs to do to get more <laughs> holding calls, but there were at least two where they almost took his shirt off. At right end, Robert Quinn's been pretty quiet the last few games, but he did get double teamed quite a bit. Defensive tackle, Akeem Spence had two sacks, did a very good job. It was nice to also see some interior push there with those veterans. Sylvester Williams and Ziggy Hood combined for 47 snaps. Did a serviceable job, and that's really all I'm looking for at D-tackle. So, overall, very, very good game. I have to give the Dolphins' defensive line that I've given an F two weeks in a row. I've got to give them an A-minus here.
1: Yeah, no, I think this is easily the best game that we could have ever envisioned out of Keep Spence. At- one of the defensive tackle positions, he just was so involved in so many plays. The way that they shut down some of the running game in this in this one, and the way they kept you know even when they didn't sack Darnold, they were beating the hell out of him, a play in and play out. And yeah, Cam Wake. For some reason, there seems to be different rules as far as holding goes in the NFL for speed rushers. It's 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 disgusting to me, and, and a little bit with Quinn on the other side too. I mean. I can't think of a game where I didn't see at least one play where it almost looked like the offensive tackle was riding him like he was getting a piggyback and there's no flag. Um, Typically more. And and I know we see that even more with Cam Wake. So a little bit impactful there. And, And like I've been saying the last few weeks, Andre Branch has stepped it up a little bit again. I mean, I'm not saying he's a great player, but he's getting the job done. And, that's all you can ask for from a guy that's really part of your depth along that D line. So yeah, easily I'll give these guys a B plus.
0: Moving along the linebackers. I'm going to throw it back to you, Paul.
1: Jerome Baker, welcome to the NFL. Oh my God. in what wound up being the game winning score, he drifted back just like Kiko did earlier and really took advantage of the fact that Sam Darnold can't seem to see underneath coverage and just took one right in the bread basket and, and turned around, had a brief moment. of. If you watch it back, it's great because you can see him do like that little giants moment where he's like, he has a, Oh my God, I've got the ball. and like pauses for just just a split second, but he's got the speed where he just took off and took it to the house. So congratulations, Jerome Baker, on, on really your first pick. There was a face mask penalty on rake McMillan that, you know what, whatever. Um, and then Kiko added a pick as well. I've I've got to give these guys an A. I mean, they were a big part in shutting down the running game and they probably looked the best I've seen from them in pass coverage. And as far as what you said earlier with Matt Burke calling a play that they had never called before on the Jerome Baker interception, I agree. It was one that actually had the linebackers covering people. So bravo, Matt Burke. You added a play where they cover people to the playbook. Congratulations.
0: Yeah. They were I think the Jets were shocked at that. I mean <laughs> at linebacker I tell you, we have to go back to the first three games of the year too, Paul, where we were talking about really the first four games of the year. We were talking about how the linebackers were the biggest surprise of the first quarter of the season. And that's when the defensive line was playing very well. Some of that had to do with the competition they faced. But you look at that that trio of Kiko, Raekwon, and Jerome Baker, when that defensive line is playing well – those linebackers play very well. So it's something to keep an eye out for the rest of the year. Kiko Alonso gets another interception. And for a linebacker, even though he's had some horrid games like he typically does, when you look at we're nine games into the season, Kiko Alonso has three interceptions and three forced fumbles. That is a, and he's one of the leaders in the NFL in tackles. So that is pretty astounding that a 4 3 linebacker who doesn't rush the passer has created that. That amount of big plays here throughout the season. So it's something that bears watching as we continue this season. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to give them an A. I think those two interceptions by Baker and Alonzo made a huge difference in the game. And I, if they don't get those two plays, who knows if they actually win. Over the defensive backs, when you look at Xavier Howard, Mike Fitzpatrick, Bobby McCain going up against the Jets starting three receivers who were jermaine curse quincy and nunwa and robbie anderson even though they were a little dinged up they end the game with 10 catches for 94 yards it seems like we're saying the same thing every week where the defensive backs are getting the better of the opposing receivers they face even deandre hopkins for Xavier howard last year for a short period of time until we got to the fourth quarter so fantastic game i love that they used bobby mccain on a cornerback blitz on one of those Akeem Spence sacks he uh Chase Sam Darnold back into the middle of the field, and that's when Spence took him back, took him down. Finally, I saw some unpredictability out of Matt Burke's defense this week. So Sam Darnold, four picks, and I got news for you, it very easily could have been more. Tory McTire dropped a pick right in his hand. Xavier Howard did as well. But overall, I continue to give this secondary high marks. I'm gonna go with an A minus.
1: Yeah, I really it's Quincy Inunua is a wide receiver that I remember the first time I saw him in a Jets uniform, and he wasn't a household name for a lot of people, but he was a guy that the second I saw him catch a couple passes, I'm like, oh, crap. When this guy starts getting regular playing time, he's going to be something special. And Robbie Anderson is also a very good receiver, dinged up or no. And you add to that Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets, and really, you know, and curse, obviously the Jets have a very, very good receiving core. So it's amazing how when you start deploying Minka in a few special ways, your very good secondary that already features two all pros, even if one wasn't on the field, as we've already talked about, becomes a hell of a lot better. And like you added with the unpredictability, um, they, they were all over the place. This is another group that I'll give an A to. This defense really won the game for Miami.
0: And kudos as well to T.J. McDonald. I mean, I know we've given him a hard time this year. He had a fantastic game, and that he, he also had another pick, his third pick of the year. This game in the Bears game, if that's how T.J. McDonald can play every week, we've got a heck of a player, but too many negative strikes for McDonald, too. So let's, let's see what happens here the rest of the year. Special teams, what more can you say about Matt Hawk? I tweeted this earlier In these two games against the Jets, the Jets have had 23 offensive possessions. 13 of those 23 possessions, the Jets started that drive inside their own 18-yard line. So nobody is more responsible than Matt Hawk for the Jets having just 18 points scored against the Dolphins in two games. Fantastic, fantastic job. He shanked a couple this year, but another great job here. Jason Sanders now puts two through the uprights. He's ten for eleven this year. And Jakeem Grant, I can't say enough about him as a returner, that it seems like every week he catches a return and he does something nobody else can do. He just he takes a step and the first guy down there rarely ever tackles him. He uh he got one and just took a sidestep and charged forward and, and got twenty yards, and that makes a huge difference between starting at the 20 and starting at the 40 dolphins ended up getting a field goal on that drive. So fantastic job. And also the special teams unit, the coverage was great. I can't say many more better things about Darren Rizzi's unit here. I'm going to give him an A.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I remember we were talking in our preview show last week, talking about how Matt Hawk was going to be a big difference maker in this one. And it was nice to see him deliver on that. Like he did in that first game. And yeah, Jason Sanders, as bad as he looked in the preseason. And I know we gave him a hard time a little bit. He's been very, very solid for this Miami team. And, I mean, he's putting the ball in the end zone on kickoffs. He's he's putting everything to the uprights. No issue whatsoever for me on Sanders. On, the, on, on a weekend that saw one of the ex-Dolphins kickers get cut yet again after having a horrible time, I, I'm very glad to see that we've got Sanders out there along with Hawk, who just is so good at putting the ball inside the 20. Let's face it, he kept Darnold with his ass in the end zone all day. I know I said that a lot last week, but he sure did it in this one. And I'm with you on Grant. It's, it's kind of funny to me. That the, one of the things that was maddening about him on returns the past couple of years, aside from the fumbles, was the fact that he tried to return a little bit too much too often. And I know I've alluded to this in, in prior weeks, but I couldn't help but think it during this game here, as much as he's doing the right thing by taking a fair catch or downing the ball in the end zone, as long as Brock Osweiler is at quarterback, unless Jakeem Grant knows he is going to get killed on a play, I want him returning the football. I, I just I want him running it back and seeing what the hell he can do because it's, it, it's no different than Brock Osweiler coming out and blowing a three and out. Osweiler can blow a three and out from the 18 or the 25, you know, it's, yeah I, you know, and, and Hawk will still put it inside the 20. So until Tannehill's back, I want to see Jakeem Grant return everything. See what happens, make something special happen. Go ahead and make a highlight reel and get in the pro bowl. Good for you, dude. You know, it, it's, it's, at if least there'd be a chance of something special happening.
0: If it is 50-50 of whether or not he should come out of the end zone, I agree. I think he should come out. Uh, it's, as far as a punt returner, what I like is he's focusing on catching the ball first, not mm-hmm. trying to make a move first. So that that's a very good thing. He's also somebody I'm hoping the Dolphins can extend after this year because if you can get him for about four or $5 million a year right now, uh, and given that he's not putting up a lot of big numbers right now, I think that's a steal all day every day. So, Paul, that'll do it for our grades there. So, here we are now. The Dolphins are 5-4. and four. Again, they've been riddled by injuries. It's They play at Green Bay next week, and, again, the Dolphins should probably be pretty heavy underdogs in, but if they can win this game against Green Bay, if they can pull off the upset, if this defense can bring it again, and the Packers are beatable right now. Then we're talking about six and four. Then we have a bye week. Then after the bye week, you've got four games you should win. You've got two against the Bills, one against the Colts, and one at home against the Jaguars. There could be a pathway to win nine or ten games, and that would be pretty remarkable given the injuries and you know some of this chaos that has taken place here in 2018.
1: No, I, I agree with you here. And, and <laughs> you mentioned the Bills, and all I can think of, and the reason I paused there, is the fact that, God, what an ugly snooze fest the Bills versus the Jets should be this coming weekend with Nathan Peterman, a quarterback for the Bills. But no, it, it's Green Bay is in a position right now where they're battling a lot of injuries and issues, and they're vulnerable. They're really, really vulnerable. And I think Miami could potentially take this one. I know we're going to get into it a little more later in the week. And I I still think Miami controls their own destiny. I'm not saying that they're winning the Super Bowl yet. I tend to take it a a bite at a time. So let's see them get to the playoffs and see where we're at, see who's where, and then go from there. But this could be a team that, that pulls out some excitement down the stretch, especially when they get a quarterback back that can throw the ball five yards downfield. So, definitely some things to watch.
0: The Dolphins, yeah, and and I'm hoping they get Tannehill back. I doubt he comes back this week, but after the bye, then that could be the story of those last six games. It's Tannehill's time now to see if he can take take that team to the next level, finally, because it's going to be his last shot, I feel. If if he doesn't do that. Packers also this week are supposed to be without Brian Bulaga and Kevin King, two starters. They also traded HaHa Clinton-Dix and Ty Montgomery. So they are a little bit short-staffed, also going to be without Geronimo Allison. But we're going to get more into that this week. We're going to have some guests. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Be sure to Jack visit asses. our uh, merch. What's that?
1: Jackasses.
0: Damn it. I don't know why I keep forgetting that. All right, don't don't so, don't take
1: away my chance to say more shit about Brock Osweiler.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So so Paul, your star and your jackass of the game.
1: Well, my star of the game here, it, I'm going to give it to the, to the kid Jerome Baker. As good as the secondary played, as good as the the, the defensive line played, Jerome Baker won this game. Uh, it was so tempted to give it to Matt Hawk, but really Jerome Baker's pick six. Put this game away from Miami in a game that, as you referred to earlier, Miami had a commanding 3 0 lead at one point. That's how bad the offenses both were in this game. So for me, Jerome Baker takes it with the only touchdown of the game. And for jackasses of the game, you'll never guess who, but the quarterback that hits defensive linemen in the face from his commanding 6 8 position. Uh, with his terrible sidearm release, the one that can't throw it more than four yards, and really left three touchdowns at least out on the field, and took Miami off the field with mystifying throws to the fan in the third row on third downs. It, it's 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 Brock Osweiler. I don't understand why he's on the team. I didn't understand it in the preseason. I still don't understand it now, even with Tannehill down. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know. I Brock, you know, got a win here. But he's had some games where he really, I don't care what the stat line was, put the game in a crappy place for Miami. And at least I feel like Miami would have won at least one more with David Fales at the helm. And, and that's big to me. And this is easily the worst game of the bunch for Osweiler. So, yes, Osweiler is my jackass of the game, and so far of the season, actually.
0: Six points scored on offense. And I'll tell you what, if it's if we get to halftime of the Packers game and it's 14-0 Packers, why the hell wouldn't you put in David Fales? I mean, what do you have to lose? What are you afraid of? So at least put him in for half a game, and then, you know, if, if Tannehill comes back and he, he's not quite where where he was physically, then maybe you've got somewhere to go, maybe somewhere to look up to. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Minor, the stud was a little bit harder. We had a few really good performances here. Was going to give it to Hawk, but he's going to finish second. Just like he did last time the Dolphins played the Jets. I'm going to give uh, my ball to Cameron Wake here. He's going to be my stud of the game. I've given him a little bit of a hard time this year. He had two sacks. He really looked like his old self, bending that edge against Brandon Schell at right tackle. And also want to play an end around to Robbie Anderson early in the game. That could have gone for a lot of yardage, but Wake got out there and actually held him to no gain on that play. So I think he's, he's he had a fantastic game. My jackass is easy. It's Zach Stirrup at right tackle, who almost single handedly ruined the game. 12 pass rush attempts. He lets up three sacks and three hurries. I cannot begin to tell you how scary the prognosis is for Juwan James not being here. I know I say it every week. I'm going to try to not say it anymore, but I can't help myself. Now that will do it for our breakdown of the Jets Dolphins game. The Dolphins come away with a 13 6 win. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Yeah. Be sure to check out our merch store too, on the If oh, it's nice. not on the right side, and it's not oh, on the left yeah. side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It
1: ain't the left side, for the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side for the right side. And it must be the fence. The stands across the land all tuning in to see what Brian, Cat and Paul about
0: to do again. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery.